Americans are capable of achieving extraordinary things when they have the freedom and opportunity to do so. This is American Potential, and here's your host, Jeff Crank. All right, well, thank you for joining us today. You know, when I think of Las Vegas, I mean, I don't know, I think of taking chances, you know what I mean? And uh, rolling the dice. Well, listen, we got a story from Las Vegas, and uh, I guess it kind of deals with rolling the dice a little bit, too. You know, when government barriers stand in the way of being able to take care of elderly parents, I'll tell you what, it can feel like a David and Goliath battle. And that's what happened to Lewis Korndike when he was trying to afford assisted living for his elderly parents. And Lewis learned that he could rent out short-term rentals and make enough money to pay for his parents' care. But before the first guest even left, he got a letter telling him to stop his short-term rental business from the government. Eventually, he racked up over $62,000 in fines, and he had to turn his short-term rental into long-term rentals. In parts of Clark County, Nevada, where Las Vegas is located, it was illegal to operate a short-term rental And the county even ran ads. Believe this. I can't believe it. The county even ran ads asking people to turn their neighbors in. And then it was, uh, and that is exactly, by the way, what happened to Lewis. A neighbor turned him in. Since then, he's worked with Americans for Prosperity Nevada and the Greater Las Vegas Short Term Rental Association to make changes. To local and state laws for short-term rental owners. And not just him. These are changes that will affect and help other people who want to do short-term rentals. On today's show, we have Lewis Korndike and Americans for Prosperity Nevada Deputy State Director, Wiz Rizard. Uh, and they're on to talk about what this journey has been like and what changes they have uh, been able to make through this process. Lewis, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and Wiz, thank you. Appreciate you being here too. As always, Jeff, it's a pleasure being on your show. Excited here with Lewis. All right, now, okay. So, you, how do you call it? Is it a Las what a Las Vegan Las Vegian? How how would I say that for someone from Las Vegas, Lewis? Oh, I suppose we you could just call us uh, Las Vegans. Las Vegans. Okay. All right. I didn't know. I, I guess I had to ask. <laughs> um, you never know with those uh, city deals. So you moved to Las Vegas in 1979, I understand. Is that right? Oh, yeah. My, uh, my parents moved to Las Vegas. I was still a junior in high school when we moved here. Okay. All right. And so you're an, you're an only child. And, and I mean, this is really a compelling story. And you and I have talked. We've met many times. And so we've talked about this uh, story. But it's a pretty, pretty compelling story. You, you're, the, you're an only child taking care of your elderly parents. And that's something that you obviously took very seriously and, and wanted to provide the best life for them that you possibly can. Um, so where'd you get the idea of using short-term rental to kind of pay for the assisted living care that they needed? You know, that's a good question because now we're going back five years and it was a niece of mine when we realized 
having conversations that my parents were reaching the point where they could no longer take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And to give them proper care that they deserved, it, it cost a small fortune. And that's when my niece said, well, uncle, why don't you turn your, your property into a, a short-term rental? She was talking about Airbnb. And at the time, I didn't even know in my ignorance what Airbnb was, what short-term rental was. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, uncle, you can do this. You're really smart. And I, I said, that's a lot of advertising and stuff. I don't know how to get into that. She said, no, it's easy. Just look into Airbnb, you'll figure it all out. And I'll be darned if she was not correct. Mm -hmm. I made the adjustments necessary and put a plan together and converted. I had two properties. And so I made them both short-term rentals. And I was able to put my parents in a wonderful facility it looked like an apartment complex with nursing on staff, full kitchen, dining room. Wonderful. It was a great place. Being the only child and all the burden falling on me, I was very worried on how I was going to be able to afford all this. Mm -hmm. So the short-term rental, that was able to take care of their assisted living and the house payments with, uh, with no problem. And my parents were so proud of me. I was very proud and honored that I could do this for my parents. I, I guess I'd have to make a long story short to say uh, I was very shocked when I started receiving letters from the county telling me that I was not able to short-term rent my properties. Yeah. So, I mean, government had to come in and ruin it, right? You, you had this mm -hmm. set up. You, uh, you, you had, you know, you own these properties and you're, you're, um, you know, you're doing with them what you want to do with them and government steps in and tells you that you can't, what, what regulations were in place when you first, when you first started this short-term rentals, uh, that within Clark County? Honestly, I didn't really understand the fact there were regulations sure. in place. Well, and uh, hold on, Louis, Louis, let me, let me just say, you know, this is what's interesting. Like there really aren't regulations for you to rent long-term, right? If you wanted to just put, do a one-year lease on your property, I mean, there's not a lot of regulation to that, is there? No, there's hardly any at all. Right. And right. I really didn't think there was a distinction sure. between short-term and long-term. I didn't realize you have one set of rules if you're doing 31 days and longer. Right. And another set of rules if you're just doing a week or two or three. Right. So, so what did you find out? What were the regulations in place that when you first well, started this? <clears throat> Clark County just flat out banned anything. They said it's illegal. They said, you're not allowed to rent your property out for less than 31 days, period. I honestly, I thought that was a bunch of hooey in the very beginning. <laughs> right. that, that was, and this is America. I mean, you yeah. can't tell me. The government's not going to step in and tell me how long. They don't care about a duration. Sure. I really didn't think that was a thing. Yeah. And they didn't care, uh, by the way, what you were using the money for. They don't seem to care that you were using it for your elderly parents' care, right? I mean, none of that matters to them. Not in the slightest. So right. when I got, I would say my second notice, then I responded saying, I'm using these properties to take care of my parents. These are, this is, 
I'm retired post office. At the time, I wasn't even retired yet. Mm -hmm. You know how hard it is to save up and actually be able to afford another house? You know, this was my plan. This was my retirement plan. And I worked very hard to be able to do this. And now I was thrilled to death that I could use something, my largest asset, and something I worked so hard for that now I can use to take care of my family, to take care of my parents. This all just seemed to be the American dream. And this is, you know, this is, this is why I served in the military. This is, this is the country I defended right. and, and I believed it. I did not in a million years think my own government would dictate how long I can and can't rent my property out for it. And I can't use my largest asset that I worked so hard for to take care of my parents. Yeah. This was, this was uncomprehensible for me. Well, and Lewis, I, you know, one of the things that is so striking about this, I don't think it's coincidence that this happens in Clark County, Nevada, because the, you know, Clark County, Nevada, the home of Las Vegas is the home of the hospitality industry and resorts and things like that. So they have, they have probably a lot of uh, lobbyists and, and others who are, who are trying to get regulations like this put in because they want people staying at resorts where not only resorts are getting the money, but there's resort fees that the government gets to take in. Right. So it's self-preservation. So I think that's a big component of this story too, right? They're not doing this to, they would like to say that they're doing this to save your neighbors and be good and kind to them. But the reality is they're doing it for themselves. It's, it's sort of a selfish, uh, a selfish thing. Any thoughts on that before we continue with your story? No, you're absolutely correct. 100% correct. And, and it's still kind of mind-boggling how this can still happen in this day and age. But yeah, the hotel industry, the they control everything. Yeah. You, know, if you have your Clark County commissioners and such, and when they run for an election, where do you think they're getting a lot of their financial, you know, their campaign contributions from? Right. Uh, it is odd, though, Las Vegas is a little unique. It is odd that the hotel industry would be against short-term rentals. Because I love to say, this is Las Vegas. Do you really think everybody's coming from all over the country or all over the world to stay in the world-famous Lewis Corndike's house? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, well, they could be. They're coming know. to Las Vegas, Nevada, the yes. iconic strip. They want to see the shows. They want to gamble. Yeah. You know, and this is just another means for people to come and enjoy our fantastic city. They uh, still, obviously, they're all going to, this is just a, a place they're staying. They're still going to the shows. They're still going to the strip. But this gives them another opportunity. And when right. you have choice, that's great. the great thing about capitalism. Yep. The more choices you have, the more opportunities you have, the more people you're going to bring into your fine city. And there's a thousand reasons why people do it. You might have families. You might have grandparents. You might have anything. But we contribute to the whole economy. And another beautiful thing about short-term rentals is the local economy is immediately and directly infused. It's not just on the strip. The local economy gets to benefit immediately. Yeah. And you raise a point I wanna I wanna I wanna accentuate here real quick too is I see this from your side, from your standpoint, that you know, you're not able to use your property in the way that you think best benefits your family. But on the other side of this, 
you know, these regulations and rules are prohibiting other people who might want to come to Vegas and maybe they don't, maybe they don't like smoke. Maybe they don't like casinos, you know, whatever they might want to use this. And these regulations prohibit their, their choice and their freedom. And so they, though both you as the, the rentor and, or as the rentee and the rentor themselves are being denied this choice, but who's the big winner in all of this? It's, it's, the, you know, the big uh, casinos, the big resorts and the government who's making, who's making money off the resort fees by doing this. Okay. I, I want to, um, I want to know, I want to know how you ring up $62,000 in fines. That's a, that's a biggie. How'd that happen? Well, apparently it is a $1,000 a day fine if you rent out your property. So what they did in my case is they subpoenaed Airbnb's records and then they backfined me. Wait a minute. The, the county, county? The county subpoenaed our code enforcement, one and the same, really. Subpoenaed. That's Airbnb's amazing. records. Wow. Exactly. And so now they backfined me. So in a matter of just a couple of weeks, I ended up with those $62,000 in fines. Wow. Wow. Okay. Now, how I want to know how you got connected. How did you get connected with Americans for Prosperity to help work on this? You know, that is a good question. I'm <laughs> trying to even remember how we first, I believe what happened in the beginning through the grapevine, Wiz Rizard heard my story and was flabbergasted and appalled. And he reached out to me and wanted to hear my story directly from me. And he explained who he's with, what they do. He explained he's from Americans for Prosperity, what they believe in. And we had a fantastic story in a conversation. Yeah. Now, let me bring Wiz in. Uh, Wiz Ruzard. Wiz is the Deputy State Director of Americans for Prosperity in Nevada. You found Lewis and you began to, to work with him on this issue. Uh, first of all, welcome. And second, you know, tell us what, what did you, what was your first thought when you heard his story? Thank you, Jeff. And I'm right there with Lewis. You know, we've, it's kind of hard to believe we've been at this now <laughs> five years, Lewis, uh, where literally um, I can recall with American for Prosperity, we attended a planning commission meeting. And at this meeting in 2018, December of 2018, we had recognized that there was an opportunity to engage and uh, share some insights to the Planning Commission when we heard that they were considering an outright ban of short-term renting. Now, myself, uh, I, I view short-term renting. Um, actually, before I joined American for Prosperity, I had helped legalize Uber in the state of Nevada. And uh, in doing those petitions, I've started understanding the sharing economy and saw how much economic freedom it created for all Nevadans, especially those who are looking for ways to start their business. So when I came across short-term renting, I was like, man, I can't believe they're going to ban short-term renting. You know how many people are using this, how many lives is being impacted and so on and so forth. And when I attended that meeting, and maybe, Lewis, you can remember, it was literally 300 to maybe 10, 300 <laughs> short-term renting property owners that 
attended that meeting to maybe 10 neighbors who just, you know, were upset with their neighbors having other kind of people at their property. But it, what was even more astounding, Jeff, was when we sat there and we watched the meeting and we saw people time after time share their insights and support after the testimonies hearing were closed, the planning commission still moved forward with a unanimous vote to recommend a ban to the city of Las Vegas for short-term renting. This blew us away because with American for Prosperity, we are a big grassroots organization. We believe in people and we want to make sure that we empower these individuals in the community to pursue their American dreams through advocating for policy solution that leads to more freedom and opportunity. And what we saw that evening, I knew right there and then that we needed to bring our training, our tools, our resources to these people to ensure that not only their voices are heard, but the policy solutions um, reflect the American dream that Lewis has talked about that we all thought, you know, our government was was what uh, sworn no to. Uh, and so when when we saw that meeting, and Louis, you may not recall afterwards, I was having conversation with each property owner because they were in disbelief. I came across Louis and I said, can I please have your contact number? Can I follow up with you to hear your story? And sure enough, Louis was upset, but he gave me his number and, and I followed up and, and the rest is history. Louis' story is one of many in Las Vegas, yellow in the state of Nevada, that short-term renting really, really opened up those opportunity. And I must say with American for Prosperity, we couldn't be prouder to work with Lewis and those community members and seeing a lot of the policy changes that we have been able to accomplish. To Lewis' point, although it's been a fight for five years and yes, we're going in the right direction, I will say there's much, much more work to be done. Well, and I would ask you, as you talked about, there are 300 uh, people there who are affected by this. That, that that showed up to the meeting. Think of all the ones that didn't show up and were affected. But uh, tell me some, and I'll start with you, Wiz, but uh, Lewis, I'd love to hear from you as well. What were some of maybe some of the other stories of, of short-term rental operators? I mean, that probably had very similar stories to you. They're using it for their parents. They're using it for their kids' education. Who knows what, what the reasons were? And then government throws this barrier in front of them and their plan. What Did you have other stories, other people that you ran into there, Wiz? We can go an entire week on stories. Uh, one I can recall is, you know, Nevada is a very big retirement state. Uh, and there was a, retire, a, a retired couple that had an RV and they had their home and they love going across the country. They'll go across the country maybe four or five months out of the, t- out of the year. Mm-hmm. And well, when they recognize that they can rent their property short term, it was a win-win. Uh, they would go on, the, uh, go on to Airbnb. And put their property up for, you know, a weekend or so and would have a neighbor or family oversee the property, manage those those transactions. Uh, It was until they got a fine of a thousand dollars that they were like, wait, are you kidding me? We're no criminals. We're just retirees looking to supplement our retired income. And when they went down to code enforcement and filed to 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 basically appeal the the fine, code enforcement outright said no. Uh, it is banned. And not only are we going to give you a thousand dollars, but we're going to go back to Lewis Point and hit you for every weekend that uh, your Airbnb history can reflect. 
Um, that couple was devastated. And uh, much like them and other people, these are people who are not looking to profit like corporations on the strip, as you mentioned. These are people simply looking to cover their everyday expenses, yet alone to buffer their retirement and their savings and trying to combat inflation and all these other expenses that typically come on. Well, it's just incredible to think the the, the, the sort of bullying tactic like government, I, you know, governments is bad enough when they ena- enact things like this that prevent people from, you know, going out and doing something like this with their property that they want to do. But then it's even worse when they take this attitude of, nope, these are the regulations. You should have known about them. We're going to find you and we're going to keep finding you. And I mean, it's just incredible that, that, that taxpayers put up with this kind of stuff, quite honestly. I mean, it's just, just amazing. Uh, Lewis, did you have any other stories or other renters that you would like to share? Sure. Like Lewis said, there's, we could do this for the next week and not repeat a single story. Yeah. But what's important to understand as well is the short-term rental industry itself is quite diverse. There's many stories, different reasons why people do it. And approximately 40% of the industry, at least on the Airbnb side, 40% Mm -hmm. is home share. So when Clark County one of the narratives they love to try to portray and trying to regulate and stop short-term rentals is the fact they love calling them party houses. They mm-hmm. call them party houses so often, where it's now becoming a catchphrase where people are just assuming, oh, it's a short-term rental, it's a party house, when nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. On top of that, like I was saying, 40% of the industry is home share. So that's simply someone that wants to rent out a room in their house, the house that they reside in. Mm -hmm. Obviously that cannot be considered in any way, shape or form a party house because you're renting it to one or two people and you live there. Sure. And a story that comes to mind is there's a sweet old lady, Leslie, and she has a house in Clark County and her husband passed away. So she had one of her nieces, I'm not sure, I know it was a young lady that stayed with her, and she had a casita. She stayed with her in a casita to help her get back on her feet, figure out how she's going to be living on her own. And she told her, said, you know, why don't you rent this casita out as a short-term rental? Rent it out on Airbnb, and you can make that extra money you need. Because now she was very concerned. She lost her husband, she lost his income, and she's got this beautiful house, and she's a horticologist. She does the gardening work, and she Mm -hmm. does community work. She lives on a half-acre property, and they do gardening in her backyard. So she did, in fact, start renting out one of her rooms. And she said, quite frankly, I feel like that saved my life. Hmm. When I lost my husband, I lost my way. I was worried I was going to lose my house. And now I not only am I making the money I need to keep my property, she feels, I feel alive again. I feel engaged. I feel like I'm contributing to the community. Mm -hmm. I'm making money. I'm self-sustained. I don't need to rely on government handouts. And so she loved it. And she said, you know what? I kind of feel like a world traveler myself now. I'm 83 (laughs) years old. I'm not going to travel the country. 
but I'm meeting all these wonderful people that stay in my casita and it's just so much fun. I feel like a world traveler. Wow. And this is, these are the stories and the people doing it. And I will, Jeff, I got to tell you, there's a lot we need to unpack here and how we started the Greater Las Vegas Short-Term Rental yeah, Association right, and such. Right. But the, we got her in touch and the news did an article and interviewed her. And I would be darn if not two weeks later, county came in and shut her down. Wow. Really? Totally retaliatory. That that's that's incredible. And what by the way, what a great story that is. I mean, that's a that's a great story. And what we need to do is make sure we tell the story of this wonderful woman uh doing it. I think you said her name was Leslie. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just tell that story and then government comes in and comes after this woman. That's the story that needs to be told. That's the story that needs to be told. It, it, it's incredible. Um, okay, I know we've we've got a kind of keep this story moving. There's so much to unpack in all of this. What were some of the things that you were able to get changes that were able to be made? You did make some progress on this and you've made some changes uh, at the local level, right? Yeah, we've been working really hard. Jeff, you have to understand, I, I need to put it in somewhat perspective. In the beginning, I felt all alone. Could not believe this was going on. Right. I did not realize or know how to fight this. I was that guy, Jeff, honestly. I was that guy that just put his head down and just barreled through life, just thinking the United States is so wonderful and amazing, and they take care of their people. Democracy, oh, it's so wonderful. The Constitution protects us until all this happened to me. Right. And it was Americans for Prosperity. Now, with Wiz reaching out to me, I, I never engaged. I would probably have been too shy to do something as simple as this podcast with you here today. <laughs> right. Let alone starting to go in front of the city council and testify. That was the scariest thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do? Legislative session. I'm in Carson City. I testify in front of everybody, the senators, the assembly. It's Americans for Prosperity that taught me and showed me how to do all this. And I would never have done all this. Now I'm even a registered lobbyist. I never would have been here <laughs> if it wasn't for Americans Prosperity. So it's very important that to recognize the fact Americans for Prosperity gave me a voice. Strike that. I take that back. That's wrong. I should not say that. Americans for Prosperity, they didn't give me a voice. They they don't give anybody a voice. But they remind everybody. They reminded me. They remind everybody that we all have a voice. Right. Great way to put it. And they stand behind you and they help give you the tools and the resources and the education you need so you can stand up and be heard and fight cronyism and government overreach. Oh, that, and, and that's so great uh, to hear you talk about it that way. Let me go to Wiz. Wiz, I mean, what, how, have you, how have you seen Lewis grow in this process? Into the, I mean, this is a powerhouse. We're going to get into this this organization that you guys have created that, that, that Lewis and, and others have created uh, the greater Las Vegas short-term rental association. 
we're going to talk about that. But what what changes did you see in in him, Wiz? <laughs> just hearing Lewis here, his story, and just the the transformational change that I've been able to witness firsthand. It's why I wake up every morning and and love uh, going out there in the community, empowering people through Americans for Prosperity. Lewis is not kidding, Jeff. <laughs> when I first met him, he was as shy as a whistle. Uh, <laughs> to go up there and testify, to go up there and talk about the issues, yet alone, he didn't even know where to start in terms of building a grassroots army around this issue. And so for myself, I told Lewis and said, hey, you have a story and you can be that change. Uh, you can be that one voice that helps uh, empower others around you that are going through the same thing to make an effective change. And that's what we're about. When Lewis first heard of us, he was like, wait, what? What's a grassroots organization? What's grassroots? <laughs> and so for myself, I knew that uh, the resources and tools that we were able to provide, why we exist, was going to make a transform transformational impact. And Lewis is not kidding when he say, now he's a fierce leader and advocate for not only the short-term rental community, but for all Nevadans. I've seen this transfer, transformational changes that literally has led to other policy impacts outside of short-term renting. And it's just been remarkable. But to Lewis' point, with our grassroots capabilities, we, we have grassroots training where individuals like Lewis, when they, whenever they are facing problems in their community, they're able to actually come to one of our trainings and partner with us in driving issue advocacies to lead to better policy outcomes. Our vision is simply that, to empower every American like Lewis to pursue that American dream by removing those government-created barriers that continuously stand in their way. And we've seen that with short-term renting. It's been one of those journeys, I must say earlier, five years, it always blows me away when I think of the time, Jeff, because it doesn't feel like it. Why? Because every single day we wake up with a purpose and we have an opportunity to keep driving policy reform towards hopefully that goal where freedom and opportunity can exist, not only for Lewis and the short-term rental community that exists now, but for the future posterity that's going to be here in Nevada. And when we talk about Americans for Prosperity, our vision, our mission is to make Nevada an economic model state, okay, for freedom and opportunity for everyone that comes here looking for that. And we look to be committed to that, whether it's short-term or long-term and executing that outcome. Such a great story of, of, of really standing up. I mean, if you guys hadn't stood up to this, the, the, the Clark County and the government would still be doing this. They'd still be, you know, trying to force, uh, you know, force people to, to not have short-term rentals, uh, you know, really ending their dream, uh, ending the dreams of lots of citizens of Clark County. So I really, I just am amazed that, that, at this story, it's just such a great one. Lewis, um, you've also built a community here. You've, you probably got a lot of friends in a community that you've built around this issue. Um, tell us about that. And then how you formed this greater Las Vegas short-term rental association as well. Yeah, so Jackie Flores and myself, we're the two founders of the Greater Las Vegas Short-Term Rental Association because we had to take this further. Americans for Our Prosperity can take this so far, and then they would empower us to start to stand on our own. And that's exactly what we did. And Jackie and I started the Greater Las Vegas Short-Term Rental Association to start to organize 
the STR community, the short-term rental community, and start fighting these regulations and overreach. So that's what we've been doing. And we've been testifying. We've been working with different municipalities. We worked with Henderson, North Las Vegas, and now Clark County on regulations and such. And I don't want to jump ahead of myself too far, but we got to the point where the government just was not listening and we could not get the regulations passed. We, we'll go into AB 363 later, but I'll tell you right now, we reached the point where we could not settle this politically the way it probably should have been through the government mm-hmm. and proper regulations. So now the Greater Las Vegas Short-Term Rental Association has had to turn to suing Clark County, Clark County commissioners, and the state of Nevada over these regulations that Clark County is putting forth. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to do a whole other episode on that, and I'm looking forward to that as well, Lewis. Uh, what were some of the changes that you were able to make uh, in the regulations? And then, um, you know, just wanted to wrap it up with Wiz as well on this before before we go on this episode. But what were some of the changes you were able to make? Well, mostly the changes in Clark County right now has been very minuscule. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have to go into that and you say later with the lawsuit and such. But we did work closely with Henderson and North Las Vegas Mm -hmm. who don't have the best regulations in the world, but better than nothing. Mm -hmm. They're still highly restrictive, but. Henderson and North Las Vegas did work with us and Americans for Prosperity was involved in that very closely as well. So we have been able to make some impact and changes and have input in regulations, which is most beneficial. All right. Well, listen, hey, Wiz, any final thoughts on what a, what a partnership this has been? Love to, love to hear your final thoughts there. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, just to kind of cap the the process here, we were able to form a coalition, and this coalition grew to about 30 um, at one point. And to, to what Lewis is pointing out, uh, if you look at the Las Vegas area, it's actually broken up into four um, municipalities, with one being unincorporated Clark County. And we were able to actually uh, pass local ordinances in all of the municipalities. Um, and recently, with unincorporated Clark County, working with them and trying to find a gold standard. But ultimately, it was a process that led us to realizing that the local municipalities just did not have uh, the right mindset and vision towards this issue. And we knew that we were going to need to go up to the state legislature and, and, and pass a state law that would protect property rights. And we're talking about property rights here, Jeff, something that the Constitution holds near and dear to every American. Um, and we, you would think that the legislators understand that, but that was far from the truth. And as Lewis said, um, you know, you, you have this idea that the government's there to work for you until <laughs> the government policies and law starts working against you. And then when you get involved in the process, you start recognizing just how far away from the Constitution some of these government officials truly believe and live out their lives. And so with our coalition and our grassroots effort, we were able to actually transform 
um, the issue in a way that we educated not only the community, but also legislators that played a very pivotal role and making sure that there was no outright ban in the entire state of Nevada for short-term renting. Now, as Lewis pointed out, there's very, very much some, some major issues with uh, the Assembly Bill 363 that we, we were involved in. It did pass last legislative session. Uh, but as you know, with American for Prosperity, we're not here for the short-term solutions. We're here for the long-term solutions. And we're here until those solutions are carried out. And so we look forward to having many more legislative sessions where we're taking on this issue. And I can't say enough how proud we are with Lewis and Jackie to step up, to, to, to leave their everyday lives, um, to, to create this organization, which your next episode will touch on, um, to really take the mantle and say, you know what? We will be that voice. We will be that example. And we will give, create a platform for people who are facing these issues to join us and see effective change. And with American for Prosperity, we continue to look forward to partnering up with not only the Greater Las Vegas Short-Term Rental Association, but all property owners in Nevada. They are looking to utilize their property for economic um, prosperity and ensuring that those freedom and opportunities do exist in our state. And so I can't tell you enough. I can't thank you enough, Lewis and Jackie, for continuously doing an amazing job. And I know the listeners are going to really, really enjoy uh, the details and the insight that Lewis and Jackie will give in the next episode for their lawsuit against the county and the state. All right. Hey, Wiz, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, you know, who is the government fighting for here? Because they're, they're certainly not fighting for the citizens. They're certainly not fighting for, for Lewis and Jackie and, and the others. But I'm not even sure they're fighting for the interests. I mean, I guess they are in some respects fighting for the interests of resorts and others, but mostly they're fighting for themselves. They're selfishly fighting for themselves because they're getting revenue from these resorts. They're getting resort fees and they don't want to lose that. It's government fighting to protect itself over the citizens. Um, one final question, and then we got to run. Uh, Lewis, if people want to learn more about this issue, uh, where can they go? Oh, they can go on our website. That would be, it's a mouthful, but it's www.glvstra.org. Okay. Glvstra.org. That stands for Greater yep. Las Vegas Short-Term Rental Association. Correct. You got it. Okay. Hey, great. Thank you both, Wiz, Lewis. I appreciate your time today. Uh, if, if you know of someone working to make ends meet, like Lewis was doing, but is coming up against a government regulation or a law that's just in between them and prosperity, we'd like to connect you to an Americans for Prosperity state chapter. Be sure to email me at jeff at AmericanPotential.com. The American Potential podcast, we're always looking for stories like Lewis's to help keep you inspired and informed. And the best way to stay connected with us is by liking or subscribing to our channels. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you know of a great story of someone that's working on expanding freedom and opportunity that we should share, be sure to go to our website, AmericanPotential.com, fill out our share your story section. All right, thank you for being with us on American Potential. 
Thank you for listening to American Potential. You may listen to more stories from Americans working every day to expand freedom and opportunity in their communities by visiting AmericanPotential.com.